This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. those difficult moments with some well-known guests. My name is Charles Pay Phillips and I'm with Jim Daly and I realised I just reverted back to the old intro. Oh yeah, you, I didn't even notice. Yeah, you did. But, yeah. it, you know, it works. It still works. Sometimes, it, look, we all like nostalgia. Sometimes it's nice <laughs> to dip, dip into the past and remember, you know, the way things were. Mm. I've gone a bit, I've gone a bit Brexit there. Um, but well, no, also, was, I was going to say, it's, it's my legacy um, intro. <laughs> Legacy. That's what um it's in the Super League stuff this week. That's what the yeah. Super League have branded like traditional football fans. Legacy yeah, yeah. fans. Yeah, legacy Fuck fans. Off. So oh. the fans basic legacy fans for anyone who doesn't is not in the know, I believe to be those people that like to go to football matches. You know, the fans that like to go yeah. and watch matches in the football ground and they like to get a pie and maybe a pint or 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 a fizzy pop if they're not um <laughs> or if you're like me. Uh, um, a fizzy pop uh, or a cup of coffee and watch football in a ground with lots of other people. They're now the legacy fans whereas i guess the the more modern fan is someone who likes watching it on their phone yeah because they want people to watch it on their phones uh yeah and pay one pound a month one pound a game or something yeah for the super i mean thankfully the super league all fell apart we've got political straight on haven't we straight off the bat and all this stuff is ages ago as well. Oh, yeah, crap, this isn't going out to the middle of June. Um, oh, by then, the Super League might have come back and then gone again. I mean, who knows? Honestly, yeah. the world of football is mad right now and things are changing so quickly. But, yeah, yeah I'd forgotten that we record these tops about six weeks before they go out. Anyway, happy June. Happy middle of June, Charles. Yeah. How are you doing? Very well. How's it's your June sun- been treating you? It's pretty good. Um, it's very sunny. It is very sunny. Oh, you know what's happening this week? Wait. If, let me check the diary if it's going out this week. Uh, it's my, it's, it's uh, it, it, I believe it's, a, it's... It's your gig, is it? I believe it's the 21st of June, 22nd of June today. Uh, yeah, it's my solo show this week. So uh, we better luck. put this one out this week. Good that luck. Week. Good luck. Thank you very much. I mean, and I can't believe I sold out. I sold out both nights. Amazing, isn't it? I'm, I'm yeah, projecting. I, think... I haven't yet, but I'm projecting yeah, in the yeah. future. I'm manifesting. I think yeah, I think this is actually going out in May, I've just remembered. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if it goes... When you're listening to this, listeners, if it goes out in May, please go to my website, jimdailycomedy.com forward slash gigs, and buy a ticket for my two nights in June. If this goes out in June, thank you for buying a ticket to my gig in June. <laughs> I'll see you no. on Wednesday night at the Caxton Arms. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I you see how well prepared shows. we are. This is the problem with working in advance, basically, mm. isn't it? Because it means that you're... Never really on top of things. Well, this is a little peek behind the, the curtains to our listeners. So basically, we record these interviews and then we jump back on and we record the top and tails. The reason we do that, and then we, we're, we're about seven or eight weeks ahead of ourselves in terms of scheduled interviews. The reason we do that is that if we did what we could do, which is that we then jump on doing top and tails the week they go out, so our top and tails are fresh, <laughs> we will have forgotten 
everything we talked about in an interview. And I, we won't know what we're talking about. So we like to do them fresh. And also, yeah. I feel like it gives us the... the I'm sure you can hear in our voice, we've got a brilliant one this week, the excitement in our voice yeah, having exactly. just done the interview. And we hope that that then sort of gets the listeners excited as well for the upcoming chat. I think so, the key, Jim, is that we should just not talk, talk about anything topical because then it doesn't date the podcast in any way whatsoever. Agreed. But it's really hard. Because it's hard. When, <laughs> we do this so often. When we're going... So, you know, what's life like in Seaford? And you're looking out the window thinking, okay, what's, what's the weather going to be like in seven weeks? Um, <laughs> yeah. It's a bit breezy. <laughs> like, it's really difficult to, to say anything that isn't current. Life is current. That's what, you know, that's yeah. what life is. Maybe we should just, it's quite nice in a way because it's, we're sort of creating our own little time capsule. Um, that's true. I listen to, I don't know, I listen, I know you listen to a lot of podcasts. So I don't listen to that many. I listen to, there's two that I listen to sort of religiously. Mm. That I am actually patrons of. P.S. Please join our patron, patreon.com forward slash blank podcast. That was seamless. Um, the socially distant sports bar with Mike Ellis. Uh, sorry. Uh, James Ellis. <laughs> Ellis. Ellis James. <laughs> wow. Bloody hell. I'm super surprised. And Mike Bubbins and Steph Carrero. Um, we should get those guys on at some point. If we can, they'd be amazing. Um, and quickly, Kevin with Josh Whittacombe and Chris Gull and, and Michael Martin. Um, but the socially distant sports bar, I'm so behind. So I want to listen to them chronologically. Mm. I'm so behind that this week I started to listen to the episode and Ellis goes, oh, my God, they're storming the Capitol building. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, shit, I'm so far behind on this this God, that was in the era of Trump, um, which seems like a very distant... Luckily, it's funny, isn't it? Because I thought that that would linger for quite a while, but it feels like we've moved on quite quickly from that, which is good. I think when they banned Trump from Twitter, oh. which was almost the same day, wasn't it? Next day, move it was. That that helped. I mm. think the transition of going to post Trump because otherwise he'd still be tweeting. Yeah, he'd, you'd still be, be hearing con- his voice. Actually, silencing him has actually, I think, really helped yeah. people move on. With I see people now, people that I know that are Democrats moaning about Joe Biden, and I'm like, yes, that's what we should get back to <laughs> holding these people to yeah. account. But actually, for the normal things, not for being absolute maniacs yeah. and dictators like the previous regime. So yeah, it feels like that is getting yeah a little well, bit back to what it should yeah, be. Yeah, and and who'd have thought these tech companies be able to silence people that do horrible and say horrible things? I mean, you know, would it be nice if they Turns kind of out, mm, did that a little bit more mm. often to other horrible people? Uh, yeah, again, not to date it. I'm going to date it again. But uh, the Super League stuff this week, they, they interviewed Patrick Bamford, who plays for Leeds, who seems like a very he nice guy. He seems like guy. a really nice guy, doesn't he? Yeah. He played, unfortunately, for anyone that's not a Palace fan, he played for Palace a couple of years ago and he did really badly. And he really became a villain for like not playing very well. And then when he left, he went, oh, it didn't go very well. And everyone's like, you wanker. Ah, wow. And he's like, villain number one. But actually, he comes across really well. But he made a really good point in a post-match interview because all the, com- all the uh, interviewers are going, it's so bad, this Super League, isn't it? Oh, it's so good we've got rid of it quickly. And Bam- Bamford's like, yeah, it's great. But it'd be nice if they moved this quickly for racism, yeah. <laughs> which has been a scourge of football for yeah. a long time right. it's getting worse seemingly so yeah it's well, they pick and choose don't they uh, these, uh, these tech I companies think, well and well, not even I was just thinking like the football industry as well you know where they've uh, been yeah. up in their arms about, about the Super League and you know I yeah. think it would be nice if they concentrated on other things as well some other more you know long lasting problems that are in the game so yeah because it can be done. They can it's, do it. When push it shows comes to shove. it can be done very quickly and swiftly, <laughs> doesn't it? So, yeah. Anyway, um, enough of that. We've got an amazing sorry. guest. Amazing oh guest God. this week. 
I am. I mean, you can't see us because obviously this is audio. Um, although we thought at some point we might do video on our Patreon. But anyway, um, I'm beaming from ear to ear at the moment because we've just had the most fantastic interview with the amazing Rosie Jones. And I think we thought it probably would be because you see her on TV and she's got this real aura of positivity about her. But actually, as soon as we kicked off the interview, it was even better than I thought. I just, she just, she's got one of these personalities that puts you at ease mm. so quickly. One of these people you're like, I, I f-, you start chatting and you think, I feel like I've known this person for like 10 years. Like I just, I almost feel like best friends already. And that is a real star quality and not a lot of people have that certainly not in the industry that we're in either so yeah it's a uh it's, this is such a good interview and so fun you're gonna you're gonna fall in, if you're not already you're gonna fall in love with rosie after this yeah well it's funny when you're saying interview because it's not really is it it's a conversation i know, I know we say it's that but it's yeah. not is it? it's just a chat and it really felt like that with like you say with with rosie because it felt like we were old friends just jumping on zoom like the old days in lockdown and uh just uh yeah having a conversation with each other and hearing all about Rosie's sort of journey into into comedy, and uh, it was really fantastic to hear how she kind of knew early doors that she there was a path for her that she could take, and that yeah. she was on it, and you know how dedicated she's been to that as well. I mean, the dedication she's put yeah. in the, the the hours and the uh, the effort, the blood, sweat, and tears. I mean, it's truly. I mean, that that was a big takeaway for me. Like the amount of effort she's put in. It's, it's been. She was relentless on the comedy. So, scene. There's a real work ethic that she has, which would really mm. anyone that you see on TV at the moment that's successful has that as well. Like that, that's there's no real secret, really. I don't think to kind of the creative industries. You just sometimes you need breaks and that happens, but really you need to work like ridiculously hard. And you'll hear about her. Her, her routine and the, the the little amounts of sleep she was getting when she was doing this work. Mm. I mean, it is, it is crazy, but um, yeah, she's a real inspiration uh, and a real workaholic, and 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 she's reaping the benefits now because she's doing incredibly well. Um, should we read out some tweets before we before we get into the the rosy chat? We should, but do you know what? I'm going to read out. Uh, I've got we've got a review for our book on Amazon. Our first review for our book on Amazon, amazing, which is always a bit of a torchlight moment for me. <laughs> um, and it's from a ver- it's a verified purchase. Oh, what does that, well. what does that so, mean? Sorry, I'm, I'm for someone that's new to this. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> You're supposed but to be it the looks good. <laughs> I think it just means I don't know what it means. Verified. I mean, I guess maybe they're a regular. Yeah, maybe they're a regular reviewer on Amazon. Yeah, and they get they get maybe get a verified status or something if you're, or is it like I don't know, if you're a competent reviewer of items? So basically, what we're saying is this person's review should be doubly accepted. So we should get basically yeah. get double the stars that they that they've given us, whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, yes, yeah. like it's like ten stars. They've given us five stars. There's five stars, oh. but they've given, but it could be ten oh, it's stars 10. We'll because they're 10. verified. Okay. Yeah, it's a lovely message. It's from Karen Andrews. I don't know if she's a listener of the pod. If she is, uh, thank you very much, Karen. Uh, she's put, I've never really read a book like this before. Oh. Which could go two ways, <laughs> could couldn't go. it? <laughs> um, so, yeah. So I was, you know, tentatively read on. Uh, most of my literature shows the bad sides of humanity. This book is all about the good. Life is pretty awful right now, but this book is a shining light in the darkness and a really good giggle. 
So that's lovely, isn't it? What, lovely wow, what a nice review. Thank you. That's lovely. Yeah. Um, for someone that has sort of first-time publisher anxiety, uh, <laughs> it's really nice to hear that. So thank you so much. And, and we do, for those of you that have tweeted us as well, we do see your tweets talking about the book and we massively appreciate them. So thank you so much. The book is available now at all the regular places. Um, so please do go and buy it. We would really, really appreciate it. And let us know, please, what you what you think. And, you know, it, it is part anecdotal, part sort of self-helpy as well. So we hope that, you know, you, you uh, there are bits to take away and, and it helps you in your life, whatever you're doing or going through. So please do get in contact with us. Um, speaking of getting in contact with us, we've got a tweet here from Marie-Louise Cookson, who says, I'd love listening to Giles and Jim talk to Nick Offerman. I mean, this one's gone down well, hasn't it? On Blank Pod, funny, inspiring, and reminded me what a fantastic word dipshit is. <laughs> ah, dipshit is a brilliant word. <laughs> brilliant. Um, it is. Um, we'll certainly be checking out more episodes. Marie, thank you so much for that. Really, really appreciate it. Well, I think that's written reference to Nick saying that he he kind of considers himself a dipshit. That's like the, that's like the benchmark. And then if you can like excel from there, you're doing all right. <laughs> He's doing um, brilliant. Yeah. So, yeah. So everyone should like wake up in the morning and think I'm a dipshit and then just go from there. The rest of the day is yours after that. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. We've had some, we had a lot of feedback about that episode and mm-hmm. I'm really glad it's resonating with people. Cause, uh, yeah, we, in, we, I feel like we sat there with the Nick one, almost basking like i can't believe we're chatting to this guy and it's going so well and actually i feel like the same with this one i can't believe we're chatting to rosie jones yeah and it's just an absolute joy so i think we should go straight into it this is the legendary rosie jones on the blank podcast Rosie and um as you know well I don't know if you've ever listened to the podcast but we don't really do we do the intros and stuff later so we'll, we'll dive in if that's okay with you yes please <laughs> hit me I'm ready <laughs> well I'm loving your headphones for start you're colour coordinated with your top I've noticed that's it I love colour coordination so I'm wearing orange headphones uh, orange top and when I go out later I'll wear it orange Face match. Nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Always thinking ahead. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about you, but I'm the sort of person that I I am definitely a bit obsessed with clothes, and I look at people, but a bit too much on the tube. Like I, I will catch myself staring sometimes. <laughs> people think, well, who is this what, guy? But like, what, looking at people's looks, you mean? Yeah, if someone's wearing a nice ensemble, like they're yeah, colour yeah. coordinated, or they've got a nice coat. I'm really into coats. <laughs> That I will then think about that coat for the rest of the day. I'll go home, I'll Google that <laughs> coat. Where can I buy that coat from? I don't know, about you, I'm just obsessed with clothes. That's I'm such a capitalist. <laughs> but me too. And I'm, I'm 30. And I feel like for me, it's a new thing. Like when I was younger, I did not care what I wore. But now, and maybe it's because I'm a 
Do you do that thing where I haven't got to this stage yet, but where you put out your <laughs> outfit next level, for the it? day before, <laughs> like you get your outfit ready for the day before? Because that, I mean, I want to get there, but no, I'm not yet. no, I feel like that is like psychopath <laughs> 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 I was going to say you're right. that's, that's narcissistic yeah. I think, okay, <laughs> I've revealed too much about myself early doors it's just not, not a good start <laughs> yeah okay I'm going to rethink my life choices I think from, yeah. from now on go away and sort yourself out <laughs> <laughs> you're the first guest you're the first guest to be real with me on, on yeah, yeah. 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 Someone needs I know, I know. I need that real talk. I need that serious, that serious That's interesting, talk. actually, because I think I was more, as a, I think when I was younger, I was more um, worried about the way I looked, and I've got no, less worried as I've got older, but you feel like it's the other way around. That's interesting. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, we're getting into things now. But certainly with my disability and then my sexuality, I think my clothes came with that, not in a bad way, but I think certainly my disability made me stand out so much I didn't want to wear standout clothes to emphasise that and I think with my sexuality because I wasn't out I didn't want to wear clothes gay clothes even though that is not a thing but certainly when I came out and started doing comedy I wore brighter colours I wore dungarees I've even got a pair of dungarees filled with women's labels. <laughs> I mean, excellent, excellent. You don't get gayer than that. <laughs> and when you go out covered in labels, yes. Stand out, <laughs> but it's because I'm now confident mm. with who I am. I find that my clothes are now an add on mm. to my personality. 
Yeah, if you're going out with dungarees of labias on, I mean, you're giving off a message. I think I think it's I mean we talk about this on the pod quite a lot I think that the idea of accepting yourself and yeah. knowing who you are you then start to get to a stage of sort of not giving a fuck I think mm-hmm. and you do just accept or or maybe it's maybe it's more than that maybe it's like then doing what you want so maybe you were a person that did always want to wear bright colors yeah. and stuff like that but and now you think like actually fuck it I know who I am now I don't care anymore I am going to do what I want and that that brings a level of confidence and and I think I think happiness, I guess. Yeah, that's it. I'm not saying clothes should make me happy. I am. But I am. yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah, but, but that, that's because you are psychopath. Yeah, <laughs> but no, certainly. It, it's like the chicken and the egg situation. When I go out now in rainbow dungarees and matching Doc Martens, I feel confident and I can walk down the street proud and I'm not sure if my clothes may me confident or I'm wearing the clothes because I'm now confident. Yeah, I, I, I get a bit like that. I actually haven't said that. Being in lockdown so long, I have worn the same pair of sweats and I got them from M&M Direct. They were very cheap on discount and they're very comfy. <laughs> but I'd say I've worn the same pair almost every day. I do need to replace them probably. Um, but when I or put the other day, maybe. I put on some, I bought some new jeans, some nice like sort of slim jeans. I put them on. I felt like a million dollars and they're just like top man jeans. But I felt so good. And then I put a nice like shirt on, like a check shirt. And I just felt you so good. this the day before? <laughs> no, no. Brand new. Um... I just felt so good. There is something about us. It's so bad. We're becoming so... We're, this is a real capitalist episode. We're just so, we're yeah. But it's true. So, but I was exactly the same. So during lockdown, like everyone, my calendar went empty overnight. Mm. But luckily, I write a lot, and I still had a lot of writing work. And I made a decision quite early on to be disciplined. Mm. So definitely... Monday to Friday, I set my alarm, I shower, I put on an outfit for work. I work till six, seven, and then I could put sweats and a hoodie on. And no one's 
right or wrong, getting kids and raising it for rather year in pajamas. <laughs> but certainly for me, working and living in the same mm. place to differentiate, I use clothes and it really helped structure my day. Yeah, that's a really good way of doing it. Also, A Year in Pyjamas, there's going to be so many Edinburgh shows called A Year in Pyjamas next year. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, no, I don't want to get too in and too comedy. But actually, that was a real dilemma for me, being a comedian, because you like... Every COVID joke has been written and I think I made a decision in my stand-up is I don't talk about COVID but I do talk about luck down because my lockdown experience is different for than other people so yeah I really worry about Edinburgh because you're literally gonna get 800 <laughs> Edinburgh shows called like COVID my journey <laughs> <laughs> and it's like no no nobody wants that David pipe down <laughs> with your three stars fuck off yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you're doing an Edinburgh show next year that's not about COVID, it's going to be popular purely based yeah. on the fact it's not yeah. about COVID. That is the way to do, do Edinburgh think... in 2022, 100%. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, think you've, I think you're right. I was going to say, so, so has lockdown been... You've been really busy during lockdowns. Has, has it actually been quite a positive <laughs> Yeah, it's actually weird, really. I joke and I say... When COVID happened, everyone stopped and the telly people were like, you know what we need more? We need more five-foot disabled lesbians. <laughs> <laughs> and luckily, here I am. <laughs> and <then laughs> 2020 was a glorious <laughs> year for me. Um, that's a joke answer. The boring answer is I work bloody hard. And pre-COVID, New Year's Eve 2019, I 
I felt like 2020 was going to be a big year for me because I got my first book deal. I was meant to be going to Melbourne for a month. I was meant to be going to Tokyo to present the Paralympics. Wow. So there was things in place that I thought it's going to be busy, but if I work hard, I feel like my career might go up a notch. And of course... Melbourne, out the window, Tokyo, no. So it was initially disappointing, but and I don't want to be smug. I sound awful, but I think for my own mental health definitely as soon as lockdown started I was like I'm gonna work every day because I know that won't feel myself so I kept in a Routine, luckily I had my book to write, I wrote more scripts, I wrote more travel, I pitched a travel show, which I then went on to film, so I kept busy. It wasn't Australia. It wasn't Tokyo. But I was very lucky and I was able to make a little career step even in lockdown. So... I know everyone's had an awful time and difficult time, but I hope I made the most out of it. Yeah, definitely. I think I think well Jim and I found that you know, we, we wrote a book in lockdown together as well, and I think just <laughs> Yeah, just putting your, you know, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely shaking my hands in the air as well. Um, but it's, it, I think, plowing some of that energy because I think otherwise that you know, you your energy just dis- yeah. evaporates away. And I think putting that energy into doing projects and keeping busy was obviously a great distraction, yeah. but also, yeah, get over some of the disappointment as well. Like, thing I had things that didn't come off and mm. like. God, I imagine you were really excited about going to Melbourne and Tokyo, you know, to to, to have those things kind of taken away, you know, at, at a time when you thought that these all these amazing things were going to happen. I should imagine, like, actually, it was lovely to be able to, to 
get into those other projects that you had going on. Yeah, yeah. And actually, I so before lockdown, my main job was stand-up comedy, and I geeked every single night. I think in 2019, I gigged every night bar five. Wow. It was insane. Yeah, and relentless. in hindsight, I was working too hard. I was doing gigs when, again, I sound smug. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> but I was doing gigs and I was at a point where I got paid, say, £80, which is a good amount of money. But I got to a point when I was like, I would literally pay them £80 to have a night in. Like, I got to a point when I didn't need that money every night. Um... And then cut a lot down, those gigs went away, and I live in London, but for lockdown, I went and stayed with my mum and dad in York, and I discovered an amazing thing. You might know it. It's the it's called the evening. <laughs> and it's, it's like night time, but you're not working. Yeah. It's amazing. And I did little things like... I watched telly, I had a nice tea, I had a glass of wine, wait, who am I kidding? I had a bottle of wine and I just slept so well for the first time in five years so now that we're coming out of lockdown and gigs are happening I'm not gonna go back to gigging every night I've learned the beauty of balance mm. so that was amazing as well it's so true i think like when you're in the freelance lifestyle gig economy whatever we sort of call it these days you at the back of your mind you're always thinking i could work tonight so you know yeah. I, I bet not turn this down and when you start in comedy everyone says like you've got to gig six times seven times a night you have to to get better etc yeah. but mm. i think you're right at some point you have to have that 
balance your mental health would just take such a battering i think if you don't give yourself time to watch tv you know relax have a nice yeah. have a nice dinner like whatever i think life is a balance but i and i know a lot of people that listen to this podcast are creative people maybe not in comedy maybe in art or something else whatever it's so important to give yourself a day off now and then because you, i mean you it sounds like hard work has been part of sort of your makeup anyway for a long time and you need that definitely to succeed in in creativity but you just burn out i don't i, I think if you don't give that's yourself a chance it. to relax that's it and i am not saying stop working i mean before i was a comedian i worked in telly as a researcher and telly those hours are crazy especially when you're filming in studio and there was one point in my life when I was working in television but I wanted to be a comedy writer so I was doing a comedy writing diploma which is essentially a postgraduate degree and only for like three four months but my life was I get up at 6am, I go to studio, I do work all day there, I go to a pub, I do a gig for free because I love it. And I come back home and I do all my writing for my diploma and I worked out that I could function on four hours sleep so I would write till 2am go to sleep wake up at 6 Repeat and then Saturday, Sunday, I just write all day. Like it was crazy how much I worked, but really, I don't regret it because. That that work in TV gave me money. Mm. Those gigs helped me become a better comedian. And that writing made me become a better writer. So that time in my life I needed to do, but it was very limited. But now I don't need to do that. I can afford to give myself more than four hours sleep. <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah, George Snowen, am I working for a purpose? Will it make my life better or worthwhile? And if it's yes, do it for a limited amount. But I could not have sustained that for more than, I think it was maximum six months. But if you're talking 10, 20 years, Mm. now stop and have a little sleep. Jim, it's us again. It is. We're here again with another uh, special announcement. And this one, Giles, is about our patron that we've launched because we love our blank community and we want to offer something extra to give back to them. We do. We do. We, lo- we do love our community very, very much. And it's lovely interacting with our community on a weekly basis. But we want to just give you a bit more stuff, more blank stuff, because we feel that you might enjoy it. Yeah, so we're ex- we're trying to expand our community and expand what we can offer back to you guys for your support. So we're doing what every other podcast in the world is doing. We're starting a patron, uh, which means we can offer you guys more content. So our patron uh, URL is patreon.com, which is p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash blank podcast. And there, Giles, is a range of options you can sign up to. Yeah, there's all sorts of things that people can get. From our various different tiers that you can find on there. How many tiers are there altogether, Jim? Well, there's four tiers in total, um, and they offer a range of of things. For example, you can get ad-free episodes. uh, You can get them 24 hours earlier than the public get them. There's bonus content with our guests that only patrons will get. Um, Giles, there's there's a 20% code off merchandise. Oh, my goodness. There's even more stuff that you can get that's (laughs) blank-orientated. There's also going to be a very exclusive Facebook group that people can interact with us and one another and we can talk about the, all different things but obviously we can talk about the various guests coming out we might be able to able to give you our our patrons some special insights into what guests are coming on so that they can pitch some questions themselves exactly just another way we're trying to get our listeners really involved in the community and the making of blank uh, and then in the top tier there's going to be bonus episodes giles yeah and we're even going to do some director's commentary where we yes. tell you a little bit more about the the sort of things that have gone on when we've either gone to record with someone or the, the process of recording, the, the feelings we had on those days, and just give you a little bit more insight into, I guess, what goes into making a podcast. Indeed. So if all that sounds like the sort of thing you'd like to get on board with um, and you'd like to join our ever-expanding blank community and also help us keep making this podcast because your support through Patreon will help us keep making blank and we would really, really appreciate it because we love making this uh, this podcast and we want to keep doing it forever, essentially. Um, please do go to patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash blank podcast and sign up to whichever tier takes your fancy. Thank you. 
I've, all, I've always thought because they like successful business people are always like yeah I get one hour sleep a night and that's how I fit everything and I always think as someone that like needs eight hours of sleep a night and I currently have a toddler which explains sort of what's going on here <laughs> then like I just don't function so I, I I don't think I could even do six months I, I just don't know if I can do the I'm interested I'm intri- intrigued to hear that it did work for you because I always thought that was bullshit the four hours a night thing but I'm intrigued to know that it did actually work for a bit <laughs> yeah it did work for a bit and I think what kept me going was I knew what the end game was yeah. like mm-hmm. it, I knew that I've Finishing studio in June. I knew that my diploma finished in July. So it wasn't like, oh Christ, this is never ending. Mm. I literally could see eight weeks, seven weeks, one more week. And I knew, I, again, again, I might sound like an awful person, but I remember having a conversation with a dear friend who said, why don't you start stand-up? Go on, just do one gig. And I said, no, I'm not ready yet. I'll do it next year because I know that I'll be good at it. Like... There was something in me, and I think it's a combination of I'm I'm a hard worker, and you had comedy bounds, but also from my telly background, I knew that they were screaming out for diversity and disability. So I knew that if I did it, I would bloody do it. And me bloody doing it, I just knew there'd be a place for me on television. So uh, I hate how arrogant it is, but I knew that if I waited, if I wrote a lot, I knew that when I was ready to try, and I originally... I started stand up in 2016. So that's only five years. And it has gone up way high in five years. 
But I knew it would. I knew that when I started, I'd just be on this trajectory. And luckily, I was bloody right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it does, Charles, I'm going to say, it's not, it doesn't sound arrogant not at, at all. all. Arrogance. No, it's not arrogance, no. It, it sounds... To me, very confident and positive. And I was going to ask you earlier, have you always been a positive person? Because that's certainly sort of the aura you give off when I've seen you on TV and do stuff. Have you always been like that? Or is that something that's come later? Or is that something that you sort of show for TV? Or is that who is that you? That's to me. That's to me. I am so positive. So... I've had cerebral palsy from birth um, due to when, when my mum gave birth to me, I got stuck. I didn't breathe for 17 minutes, wow. which I wouldn't recommend. <laughs> It's not great. So really, I've never known any different. And I can honestly say, hand on heart, that I've never wanted to be able-bodied. I feel grateful that... I wasn't able-bodied, and then I became disabled because I um, I would hate to have something taken away from me like that. The way I see it, it's literally me saying to you, how are you so positive when you can't fly? You never feel sad about not flying. It's like, well, no, because that's not me, like... I don't have wounds like this was always meant to be me. And to be a bit morbid, um, I didn't breathe for 17 minutes. Yeah, that made me disabled. But quite easily, I could have never started breathing. That could have been the end of my life. And even as a child, I was aware of that. I was grateful to be here and to be alive. So, yeah, I think that's why I'm positive. And you're constantly aware that there was 17 minutes 
of my life that I died so now just take the bloody life by the bloody hand and you just ride into the sunset. I mean, you say, you say, Rosie, I've never flown. You don't know my drug history. You don't know I have. <laughs> the drugs I've taken. I have flown, mate. Oh, you don't know. Uh, um, I think... Yeah, as you say, you didn't you didn't breathe for seventeen minutes, but then you did, you did, mm. yeah. and I think it's clear that you really you you know that is important to you and in you remembering that and yeah, I was getting quite emotional listening to you talk about that actually, but because I'd imagine a lot of people might feel different about that. I don't know. People have their own you know the way they look at things, but but you did. Uh, yeah, yeah, Ryan, I do. It's tricky with disability because I think some disabled people feel quite bitter and quite angry and they're right. And I went to a bar one time with a disabled friend and an able-bodied friend. And the able-bodied friend said, if there was a pill here now that would make you able-bodied, would you take it? And simultaneously, I said no. And my disabled friend said yes. And that doesn't make him a bad person or it doesn't make him hate his life. But he said the facts of it is um, if I were able-bodied, my life would be easier. Um, and and uh, I mean, it, is, it depends on the disability. I need to acknowledge my privilege. I'm not in pain. My disability won't get any worse. Literally, for me, what you see is what you get. I talk a bit slow. I walk slow. I got wobbly hands, and that's it. Literally, that's it. So, if I were able bodied for a day, then nothing I dream about doing. And also, that is also my personality. Like, something I can't do is I can't jog or run, but I'm not 
a sporty person like I if I were able-bodied I would not be joking bloody <laughs> anywhere something else I can't do is I can't wear heels but I'm not a girly girl like I'd probably try a pair and go absolutely not give me back my Doc Martens. So again, it is a chicken and the egg yeah. of am I not a sporty person? Cause I'm disabled, or what's that image to start with? But certainly, who I am right now, and really who I always was, I am literally not missing out on anything. Yeah. Well, I mean, Giles, you started, Giles started running 10Ks a day during lockdown. And it's taken no. as someone else who started running. It is shit. <laughs> yeah, that, you're not missing out. It's, it's horrible. Like, yeah, it's horrible, horrible, horrible. Don't I don't recommend it to me. easy. No. Well, they say that, no. but it hasn't ever happened to me. No, that's, that's, that's a myth. That's a complete myth. No. Yeah. And you hate yourself every second of it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But I was going to say, Rosie, like, obviously, you, you've talked about your work ethic. Work, I can't even talk now, look. <laughs> work ethic um, as was, was very full on, and, and particularly when you started doing the stand-up stuff, you were gigging all the time. Was some of that to do with the fact that you felt like maybe you wouldn't be heard because of your disabilities? Because, you know, there maybe not a lot of other, you know... Not a lot of other um, dis- disabled comedians on the circuit. You know, you felt like you had to keep going out there and showing people that you know that you were able to do it. Yeah, yeah, I do, and it's something that I definitely been dealing with recently. So um, I've always used comedy um, to stop people feeling awkward about my disability. So even when I didn't do stand-up, I had a pub meeting a friend of a friend. I go, hello, I'm Rosie. I'm not drunk. I'm disabled. Actually, that's a lie. I'm drunk and I'm disabled. But when I'm drunk, I watch straight. So it's absolutely fine. And in the space of 
minute you could see that new person go, oh, she's funny and therefore intelligent. Oh, there's absolutely no reason to be awkward. And I found that when I started doing stand-up, I could do that on a bigger scale. The best gig I've ever done, I'm going to show up now. <laughs> um, I did Wembley Arena, wow. and that was 12,000 people. Fuck. And it was so emotional because there was a point where I landed my first joke and it was early on and my opening joke was such a quick easy way to go hello i'm addressing my voice ah ha ha i'm northern move on and there was just such a magic moment where I felt 12,000 people have that light bulb moment of, oh, for you, oh, thank God, oh, she's funny i thought she was gonna be rubbish and that feeling was like a drug but recently and i'm lucky that i'm on telly um and people know me i no longer need to necessarily address the disabled elephant in the room i've now got another interesting thing where because I'm disabled some people assume that all I want to talk about is disability and I I was on question time last year and um, I talked about how the pandemic affected disabled people and it was quite powerful to have such a platform and go, hello, I'm in the UK, I'm disabled. Here's what it's like for a disabled person in the UK right now. 
and they're quite powerful. And from that, on Twitter, my followers skyrocketed um, and it made me feel slightly uneasy mm. because I was like, oh, you're following me because you think I'm the disabled sports lady mm. and I like that I am that but sometimes I don't want to be because I'm not I'm not an activist like that isn't my job I'm not a politician I'm not a lecturer I'm a comedian it's my job to make people laugh and sometimes it might be about my disability or it might be about me being gay or it might be about how my parents are so boring in lockdown they drove me insane (laughs) we have been boring parents it's nothing to do with my disabilities. So when I got more followers on Twitter, the first tweet I put out after me um, shouting at my Hancock, <laughs> the first tweet I put out was about my boobs <laughs> because <laughs> I wanted to go, hello, thank you for following me. I am passionate about disabilities, but I also have boobs and I also <laughs> just toy stupid rubbish nine out of ten times. Don't put me on a pedestal when I'm just being a normal human being. So it's so tricky to weave Mm. like how I am and using my platform for good, but then just being able to have a bloody laugh. Yeah, because it's what I was going to say. I mean, I would love to shout at Matt Hancock. Fucking hell, that would be so, so jealous. So jealous. Um, but because um, it's like, yeah, yes, I am disabled, but that's, there's more to me than that. Like, that it doesn't define you. Exactly. Does it? That's yeah. Thing, yeah. And I, I, I was going to ask you about that because I, the more your profile grows, 
I guess, in a way, do you feel a responsibility that people do see you as a role model or as an icon for disabled people when it's a part of you, but it's not everything? As you say, you are so you are so many more parts than that. Yeah, again, it's a journey, and I think about a year ago, someone said, you're a role model, you're an inspiration. I will shut them down immediately, and I'll be like, I'm not a role model, I'm a balance. <laughs> like, you, you'll be like, no, shut your trap, you're talking shit. <laughs> but actually, if, if my inspiration, like, unfortunately, she's no longer with us, but my role model was Victoria Wood. If I met her, I would probably say, you're my role model, I love you. And if she turned around and went, you're wrong, I'm a balance. <laughs> it, would, it would probably disappoint me yeah, because yeah. I'd be like, no, you are like... That is offensive that you're talking negatively about somebody I admire, even though it's herself. So now it's someone chooses to be inspired by me. It's amazing. It's so flattering. But actually, it's not my job. I just go out there and I don't speak for disabled people. I don't speak for all gay people, I speak for me. And if you can listen to me and laugh for you, go, I'm like that, or it makes a young, queer, or disabled woman go, Oh, she can do it, I can do yeah. it. That's amazing. That I want to encourage people to live their dream. I just never, ever wake up in the morning and go, you know what? I'm going to be a role model today. It's just something nice that happens as a result of me 
doing what I want to do. Yeah, absolutely. I think we we often inspire much more by modelling a way of behaving, modelling yeah. a way of being, and and I think that's a bigger inspiration sometimes than going out and drilling into people yeah. certain certain uh, you know wherever it might be. So I think yeah, you're you're modelling a brilliant. Um, uh, a brilliant comedian, you know, and that is what you're modelling, a brilliant comedian yeah. and a brilliant writer. And that's all you need to do, really. Thank you. Yeah, it's an odd thing when, when my profile grows. It's a bit like, do I need to talk about disability more do I need to just not address it anymore and I just think it's a balance between the two and it will always change and it depends on what I'm doing but yeah, I'm just happy to wake up every morning and have a job where my only uh, job is to make people laugh. Do you know what I love about you? You are so northern and I, <laughs> I love it there's something about people from yorkshire that is just they are some of my favorite people um they're just they tell it like it they tell it like it is and they're always fucking funny with it as well yeah it's because people from yorkshire are the best people <laughs> in the world <laughs> <laughs> my mate James is from Halifax and he calls Yorkshire span at country it's a spa- backbone at country <laughs> I always think about that good old Enders he's great um Jim it's us again and uh, we've got some big news. We have indeed. Uh, Giles, I can't believe I'm saying this. We've written a book, a book about blank moments based on this very podcast. Yeah, we've been recording this podcast for a while now. And I've, as we've been doing, we've realised that everyone has these difficult blank moments. All our wonderful guests that we have on the podcast and our listeners get in touch with us all the time to tell us about their own situations, their own experiences of blank moments. And sometimes that can be from a personal life, from their career, the relationships they're in, or maybe it's a public situation. Yeah, I mean, it really, it's one of those terms that can be applied to anything. Social anxiety, imposter syndrome, just sort of generally being off form, having an identity crisis. I mean, it's all part of the human condition. And yet we all get thrown off from time to time and sort of made to feel a bit helpless yeah so the book is made up of all these different chapters that sort of concentrate on these various themes that come up in the pod so whether it's uh, public failure social anxiety fear mental health grief all the things that our amazing guests have talked about on the podcast 
Yeah, I mean, and those guests include Louis Theroux, David Harbour, Reg D. Hunter, Dawn French, Rachel Paris, Amanda Abington, John Ronson, Rufus Sewell, Gary Lineker, all these people that really opened up to us about these difficult moments. And what we've done is we've dived into them, um, explained how we relate to them, talked a little bit about our own experiences and almost gone on a journey of this discovering blank moments and how they've helped us. And we hopefully we take the reader on a journey with us. Yeah, there's loads of stuff in there for everybody, I think. It's a bit memoir, it's a bit self-help, and there's lots of interactive bits in there as well, so you can do your own gratitude list, and there's tips on uh, if you're having sleeping problems. So all different things that you can take out of the book. And where can people get hold of this book, Jim? Well, so it comes out in March in 2021, but it's available to pre-order right now from Amazon, waterstones.com, and hive.co.uk. Yeah, it's, I'm really looking forward to everyone getting their hands on it. And uh, hopefully lots of people will be able to identify their own blank moments. And you never know what you might find out. You mentioned Twitter. How how do you find social media in general? Do you do you, I know you say you like to put out stupid shit, which, to be honest, <laughs> is what social media is for. Yeah. But do you use it more for work? Do you does it get overwhelming sometimes? I, I'd imagine some people are complete pricks on there sometimes. Like, how do you sort of balance it? So I used Twitter for me. So. Um, the first thing I do is I try to write one tweet a day and that is usually some form of joke or something that happens and for me that is a writing exercise. Yeah. Because if I'm able to write one joke a day, I keep my... It's called, like, keeping the tap on. You just keep it running. And also, I find that doing a tweet a day gets you more followers which will ultimately help sell tickets and just create a lovely little fan base. But in terms of reading and things like that I use Twitter a bit like a room where I open the door yell something and then shut it and um, 90% of the time I'll write a tweet and I will never ever ever read a replies because if you read the replies you're swimming in that sex pit and you might find a lovely chocolate bar (laughs) in that sex pit but it's still a fucking sex pit such a good way of of describing it 
Posters that you get with like a nice sunset background. Yeah. <laughs> I put it on my look at my wall every time I'm feeling yeah. feeling crap. Oh yeah. 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 Thanks, Rosie. Thanks, Rosie. Let's keep it going. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love it. I think that's a great way to use um, social media. I, I, I'm like you. I think I've become less um, less receptive to comments and just, just yeah, put stuff out, but don't don't read all the comments, I think, yeah. Because you end up just doom scrolling through your own comments. And then, yeah, and then I think you just start to question everything that you yeah. do in life. Yeah. Um, which is um, bad. I find that. I think because I just on the travel show, my followers have gone up and mm. into a different realm. And um, I do very rarely, but I do look at some replies. And I got followers now who just argue with each other and they're not, it's nothing to do with my original tweet. So I'm like, you know, get on with it and then I'll carry on just enjoying life without you assholes <laughs> yeah it's unbelievable i've seen that recently like the last few weeks loads of people arguing with each other on something i've put out yeah and the threads like you know it's about 100 kind of yeah. comments in or something uh no, i don't get that many um but <laughs> but let's say 30 comments in and then they're, they're going backwards and forwards and of course they're copying me into every like yeah. fucking thing and i'm like I, uh, this isn't anything to do with the fact that I put up that I'd gone for a walk on the seafront, no. and now you're talking about um, talking about Guantanamo Bay or something <laughs> like. It's just, <laughs> you know, it's like random. Um, but anyway, yeah, a Twitter's a funny place. Yeah. But I suppose if you know that you use it as a tool, in you know, like you say, 
throwing stuff out there if you're promoting something then i think that's yeah definitely and i do think it's just a good tool as a comedian to keep going and even if you're not on telly that week or radio you're to be like hello I'm still here chucking mm. out jokes and it's uh, definitely in lockdown when I'm not gigging everything it's a good playground to write a thought or a little joke and if it gets a lot of likes I'll go oh there's something in that I'm gonna expand it and make it a proper routine Um, Rosie you got to go in a bit haven't you have you got a corporate later did you say Yes, but I'm okay till about half eleven. Well, shall we, Joel, shall we move on to the... You got any more questions for the main bit? So, Rosie, we didn't tell you at the start. We're just so unprofessional. But we've started a patron. So, we, um, yes. and we're doing a bit. We're going to ask like one question at the end for our yes, patrons. Yeah, which is extra content extra for our content. patrons. So we'll... um, but we forgot yeah. to tell you at the start oh, of the interview. Love that sweet <laughs> 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 yeah, we're hoping it's going to monetize us. You know, so we can yeah. give up the give up the day jobs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> point where we all get our tips out <laughs> and we go well if you want to listen to the bit where we all get our tips out you can sign up to the Patreon we'll do it but it'll cost that's you that's the best yeah yeah that's the that's the best we will do it advert we've had so far yeah. we have zero morals <laughs> We will do it, but it will cost you £3 a month. Uh, so if you do want to sign up for the Patreon, you can. Um, if you want to see um, tits and other, piece, other pieces of, of our bodies, then uh, you can. Um, Rosie, it has been yeah, Rosie, an yeah. unbelievable joy talking to you. It has been so, yes. so good. Thank you oh, so much. I knew much. it would be lovely to you. I mean, the first time I saw you, Rosie, was um, uh, I'm friends with Susie Dent, and she gave me tickets to come and see countdown live and you were performing you were in dictionary corner and that's the first time i saw you and i was totally blown away you told some amazing material you did some amazing material um, about um disability toilets um, <laughs> which i just thought was amazing and yeah i was totally blown away and i've sort of yeah been following what you've been doing ever since and um yeah i'm so pleased that you're doing so well at the moment because uh, i think you're amazing so thank you thank you so much adios I mean, we're all lucky, aren't we, that we can just go out and do something that we're passionate about and we love. And just the fact that even during this year, even in a pandemic, the fact that I can 
give someone a laugh or a giggle or a smile every day is it makes me happy so yeah what a lovely little talk with that yeah. <laughs> yeah it's been beautiful thank you so much thank you i really love that Well, there you have it. I've tried something different. Do you like that? Um, Rosie Jones on the Blank Podcast. I'm going to try and sort of mix up my uh, my outros, um, similar to the first one. I haven't gone too far away from a classic. Um, what a joy that was, talking to Rosie. As, as I said at the start, I feel like we've like made a new best friend. And, and she's the sort of person that I think... It could set you up for the rest of the day. Like I now feel like I'm going to have a great day because mm. I spent an hour in her company. She's got a real sort of positivity that just rubs off on people, um, <laughs> which sounds weird, which I know she'd appreciate. Um, so yeah, what an absolute legend! And and as I just said at the top, talking about that work ethic as well, because it's very easy to look at people on TV, especially people if they've maybe come out of nowhere. And as she says, like you know, she started gigging quite recently, five years ago. Very easy to look at people and think, oh, where have they come from? What have they, you know? Oh, they mm. come out of nowhere. There's almost certainly incredible work ethic behind that. The amount of gigging she's done, the four hours sleep a night, there will be something like that behind everybody you see on TV. So mm. I think that that's my main takeaway as well. And all that stuff is doable. You know, it's yeah. not like we can't do that stuff. I mean, maybe the four hour sleep thing is not quite, wouldn't quite work for me, but like we can work hard. We can do this. And you no, know, the idea, I love the idea she's saying about putting on the work clothes in the morning, getting up. You know, I've told you before, haven't I, about one of Miranda's friends who used to walk out the front door, mm-hmm. go around the block, and then walk in again. It's like resetting your mind to to work, and I think that's um, I think that is again something we can all we can all do. So, yeah, legend, absolute legend, and uh, yeah, really appreciate her talking to us. And then the little bonus patron content at the end there as well, talking about uh, well, talking about something from her comedy past, uh, which is also great as well. So, yeah, what a legend. Yeah, it was, a joy is the word, I think. Yeah. I think you sort of sums it up, really. Joy, uh, really great conversation. And yeah, Rosie's was one of those people who's just got this wonderful energy about her. And I think you, you can see why people really warm to her and, you know, her, her screen presence. She's got wonderful screen presence. And I think that's why she's, you know, that's why she's doing so well at the moment because I think people really get get her and, and how she comes across. So I think... It's brilliant, and yeah, she's just a wonderful human being. So it was lovely to spend some time with her, and I think hopefully this is the first of a few conversations we'll have with Rosie because yeah, I really, really um, got so much out of this podcast. Yeah, I mean, we say to all of them at the end of our guests, "I oh, would love to meet up for a drink or a coffee," and mm. um, I hope we do with most of them. But I genuinely hope we do with Rosie. We actually have a mutual friend, me and Rosie. Uh, another comedian called chloe petz who is um mm. we should probably get on at some point actually she is absolutely fantastic um and she texted me beforehand saying you're gonna love chatting to rosie i think they're like one of her best friends and uh chloe was actually bang on so uh maybe yeah. we can meet chloe and rosie for a drink at some point when we're all allowed to um that'd be really nice the, you know the sun is shining now it's mid-june 
I assume. So, you know, now's the <laughs> no, time. No, it's not. It's not. It's May. <laughs> it's, it's, May, May. it's maybe May. It might be June. Who knows? Lockdown might be ending in a couple of days. It might be ending, you know, in a month. Who knows? But um, now is the time. Hopefully we can all start seeing each other. And, uh, mm. yeah, I'm feeling... You know, I'm feeling more positive having chatted to Rosie, but I'm also feeling more positive about this this year, hopefully. So, um, yeah, onwards and upwards. Indeed. Onwards and upwards. And if you would like to contact us, because we love hearing from you, our lovely listeners, our community of blank listeners is growing day by day, and it's lovely to hear from you. So if you want to get in contact with us, you can. We have uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And our handle is Jim at blank pod or one word yeah and you can also email us but people don't i know people don't do that anymore but I we say f- we sort of we sort of do it every, we say it every week yeah we've had a couple haven't we we've read them out in, in the past we've had a couple but i think people two. prefer two, two and, yeah, and a half literally years two. you know very fuck nice. you basically yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um i don't know maybe no email, no is email not a thing anymore i don't know no, I do wonder if it's not a thing anymore. And it's much more immediate to, to message on social media, isn't it? So I guess maybe the email thing, maybe we'll just drop doing that. I'm going to mention it one more time. This is the last time you will hear this our email address. This is the last time. Address. So I mean, if you don't email it now. It is available. It is, I think it's on our audio boom page. It is available. Um, <laughs> it is theblankpodcast2018 at gmail.com. That's it. Never saying that again. Yeah. I think it's just a waste of energy and breath. Like, yeah. Um, we've, we've had to say that. That's vocal workout that is we've had to say that 122 times or whatever it is that we've done on these podcasts how many times how much time is that that we've wasted yeah too much time mate too much time we could be outside you know what it is sunny here here in mid-june so i am going to go outside and the shed door is open which is but no one's there that's that's never good i'm gonna go that sounds like my brain (laughs) the shed door is open and no one's there (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna go uh I'm going to go and explore that, see what's going on there. But yeah, yeah thank you good. very much. Thank you, Rosie, so much yeah. for joining us. Absolute Brilliant. joy. Thank you to our listeners and our patrons. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Giles. Yes, thank you to our two emailers. And uh, <laughs> thank you to everybody else. Uh, thank you, Jim. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Love an extra hundred dollars in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get a hundred dollars back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting one hundred dollars back and one hundred percent accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. This is a Glass Box Media Podcast.